Hello and welcome to the Her Head and Films podcast. I'm Caitlin and I'm your host. This is a mini episode. I've started doing these shorter episodes because I have a lot of stuff going on in my life. If you're new, I've done this podcast for quite a few years since 2016. I usually do longer in-depth episodes, but because of the circumstances of my life right now, like taking care of my mom who's having health issues and struggling with different things in my life, I am doing these shorter episodes that are more casual, more spontaneous, unfiltered, impromptu. They're really a chance for me to reach out in the moment and talk talk about things that are kind of rattling around in my brain. Sometimes I talk about a specific film that I've watched. Sometimes I want to talk about larger issues connected to cinema. So today on this mini episode, I want to talk about how cinema saved me and how film saved me at a particular time in my life. And I want to go back and talk about that time and different things about it. It'll be really personal. It might be emotional, but I feel compelled to talk about this in this moment. And I really put these episodes out because I hope that people find them and I hope that people come across me and that I can offer something to people's lives when they hear my voice or when I share things about what I'm going through. I hope that my voice reaches some of you out there. I'm not going to ever know most of you and I know most of you are never going to reach out to me or tell me that I've had any effect on you or that these episodes mean anything to you. But I know that you're out there when you're listening. I remember when I was a little girl growing up in the 90s. I'm in my 30s now, my early 30s. And I remember when I would listen to the radio on my little boombox And I always tended to listen to the radio at night and I loved sitting or laying in the darkness and listening to somebody's voice and imagining where they were in the world. And I always thought it was really magical the way that that person's voice could reach me in the darkness of my bedroom in North Carolina where I grew up and where I lived for a long time. And I felt like there was a connection there in a human voice. And so that's why I keep doing these episodes. I don't want to give up this podcast. I don't want to stop talking to the people who want to listen to me, but I just can't do it the way that I once did. And I need to do it in a way where it fits into my life and it's not a lot of work on me. Also, my life was taken over by this podcast. I used it for a long time as a way to feel the void inside of me. I have never really felt valued by people or cared about by people. I think I got so wrapped up in social media in particular, and then I got really wrapped up in this podcast because I always felt really unloved in my life. The only people who really ever loved me were my mom and dad. My dad died when I was a teenager, and I'm going to talk more about that in this episode. And then it just felt like there was such little love in my life, and I wasn't really valued I was very invisible in the world. I always have been. And I think that I wanted people online. I wanted strangers basically online to love and care about me. And I've realized 
lately, of course, that that is not a path you want to go down. (laughs) I'm grateful for my listeners and I'm grateful for people who I've affected, but none of you can give me love and support and care that's missing from my life. I have to find those things for myself and social media can't give it to me. I have very beautiful souls who listen and reach out to me and I value all of you, but I have to give myself that love and that support and I can't rely on strangers on the internet to feel any kind of hole inside of me. That's been a big thing that I've realized is like, oh, I let this podcast consume my life. And it was like, it took up so much time. And it's like, now I want to put time into other stuff. I want to read books. And I've been reading so much lately. And it's felt so wonderful. And I want to connect to nature and all kinds of stuff. And that's okay. And that's good. The thing is, is I'm going through a lot of changes and I'm transforming mainly because of a lot of pain that I've been going through and a dark night of the soul that I have been in for almost two years. But the thing is, is that I'm changing and it's good changes. It's painful to change, but I'm on a positive path. I know over the years, any of you longtime listeners, I know I've shared a lot of the pain. I've shared a lot of my suffering and struggles, and I'll continue to talk in an authentic way about my life. But I'd also like to share with all of you the beautiful things and to talk about life in a complex and rich and um, joyful way as well, because that's what's been happening too, is that I'm loving myself. I am connecting to myself. I'm finding beauty in life, finding beauty in myself. I'm changing and it's good. It's good these changes that are happening, even though they came from a lot of pain. But sometimes you have to learn the lessons the hard way. That's what's happened to me. I know it's cliche. (laughs) I was on a really self-destructive path for a while and I finally kind of taken control of my life, prioritized my mental and physical health, and really decided now that I've entered my 30s, I lost a lot of my life to trauma and like grief and pain and self-destruction and self-hatred and lovelessness and emptiness and I mean, my God, when I think about some of what I've what I've gone through and I've made a kind of vow to myself, I guess, that like I want to have more joy. I want to have more love. I want to have more connection, more beauty. And I want to bring some of that into other people's lives when you listen to an episode. And I hope that I hope it comes through. I hope how I'm changing comes through. I hope you can feel it. It doesn't mean that things are perfect or great. It's very painful to watch my mom suffer with her health issues. That's been a really difficult experience, but I have found a strength inside myself. It's true, and I'm connecting to it. And I'm just, sometimes when you're in the most pain, and you're in the darkest places, that is when you find hope. And I know it's cliche. Everything I'm saying is incredibly cliche. I don't have anything original to say, but a shift has been happening inside me. I want to connect more to life, and I want to feel more joy, and I want to just do all those things. I want to be on a better path, a more positive path. I want to go toward healing and wholeness. This year is 
It's a pivotal year in a lot of ways for me, 2022. It's a particular anniversary of my dad's death. He died when I was 16. This year, for the anniversary of his death, I'll have lived as long without him as I did with him. That's a deeply painful thing to realize, that this precious person who I was so honored to have for 16 years, he was such a kind and gentle and wonderful man and a wonderful father. And when I hear about the kind of fathers that other women have had, I feel really, really grateful because no matter what happens to me, I know that I was loved and I knew real love in this world. And not everybody gets to have that, unfortunately. They don't get to have parents who deeply loved them or a father who unconditionally loved them. And I did. And I lost him, unfortunately, when I was 16. And the past 16 years have been brutal at times. I have had agoraphobia a lot of my life. I've had anxiety, depression. I was completely traumatized by his death. And I had no help to get me through it. It was me and my mom. And recently I've been thinking about that, of how... My family was not there for me. If anything, they did the opposite and could be quite cruel. I didn't have friends. I didn't have a support system. And so for the past 16 years, I have just been in so much pain, struggled with my grief, and I could not live again. Because when he died, I feel like I left my body and I never returned to it. When I found out that he was dead, it was like I left my body and I've just been floating outside of it. I couldn't connect to life because of the way that my family treated me and just abandoned me and my mom. And I lost faith in people. I didn't trust people. I turned away from the world, you know, and isolated myself. And I've just been in a lot of darkness for a really long time. And I finally feel like I've started to come out of it 16 years later. It's very powerful. But I wanted to go back to those years when I was a teenager, when I was 16 and I had just lost my dad. The reason I'm doing this episode is to say that I used to judge how I reacted to his death. I feel like I fell apart. My anxiety and depression were really bad. I became agoraphobic, as I said. I was isolated. I didn't have friends. My life didn't go down this conventional path. And now I'm in my 30s, and it's like, I don't have children. I don't have a partner or a husband. I feel like I don't have some great career. Like... I feel like there's so much that I don't have and my life didn't go down this particular path and I have felt like such a failure and I felt really ashamed of my inability to like live and to cope and to function even though I know that my my struggles were not 100% within my control. That having depression and anxiety is not something that I have control over. I used to be very judgmental of myself and feel like a failure. I'm not saying I don't still feel that way at times. But I got to thinking and I was like, you're not weak. You really are strong. And you were strong even as that teenage girl. Because you found the ability to keep living after this catastrophic loss of your dad. I turned to art. You know, that's what I turned to. 
Art is what saved me in all of its forms. Sylvia Plath and Virginia Woolf, their books, the music of Tori Amos, and films and cinema. We had a movie theater uh, where we lived in North Carolina that was like really cheap. And me and my mom, like in the months and the years after my dad died, me and my mom would go to that movie theater. We would sit in this dark theater and we would watch films, all kinds of stuff, like I remember seeing Pan's Labyrinth and The Lives of Others. And then also there, oh, and I saw some Aronofsky. I saw The Fountain. I saw some art house. It wasn't really an art house cinema. Mainly it was mainstream films. For me, it's not the specific films that I want to talk about or that I'm trying to talk about. It's the experience of pulling yourself out of darkness through connecting to life and art and why film is so personal and emotional for me is because it was like a tool for me to pull myself out of the darkness. I went into those darkened movie theaters, but I found light when I was there. And I would sit in the theater and I would watch these films and they made me feel alive. They made me feel connected to something. They reminded me of the beauty of life, the beauty of connection. They made me feel, they made me laugh, they made me cry. And I think that that's what's so beautiful about cinema. And that is why I started this podcast in 2016, uh, 10 years after my dad passed away, because I wanted to share all of that love that I felt in those movie theaters and what I continue to feel when I watch films, although now it's just on my laptop. And I want to like remind other people to always connect to that when they're watching films. What these directors do and what they create matters. These films matter and films have helped me with my grief. I think of something like Three Colors Blue by Krzysztof Kieślowski, my favorite director. Or I think of Birth by Jonathan Glazer or Jackie by Pablo Lorraine or The Vanishing by George Schlauser. Like Films that are about grief and loss and the complications of that and the darkness of it. And some of those films have helped me process my own grief. But though in those years, just like the first two or three years after my dad passed away, film was very important. My mom and me would go to that theater like regularly. I want to say almost weekly. I mean, they had different films every week that we were going to. I even kept the ticket stubs that I still have, but I think the ink has worn off, so I can't remember all the films that we watched. And it doesn't even matter. It was just the experience of being there, being in that theater, and we should never lose that experience. There is something powerful about the communal experience of film in a theater, but it can be just as powerful watching something on a laptop in my room as well. Film still helps me. Film is still a comfort. But I was just thinking about that time in my life, what a nightmare it was, how I really was Persephone journeying down into the underworld, down into the dead, down into something deeply shattering. It was the first rupture of my life and it changed me forever. And I've often wondered, what would my life be like? Who would I be now if it had never happened? 
What if I'd had these 16 years with my dad? I'll never know. I'll never know what he would look like with gray hair. I'll never know anything. He's gone and I'll never have him again. But I had him for 16 years. I can't change it. And it happened and it hurt. And for a long time, I couldn't accept what happened and I couldn't live with it. And so I don't think I did live. And I don't think I've been alive much for 16 years, except for those few moments or whatever, when I'm inside art, when I'm in a book or a film, that's when I feel alive. That's when I feel connected to life at times, is when I'm in that world, when I'm in the world of dreams and the imagination, and it's a world of possibility and love and beauty, and that's what kept me alive, and I kept myself alive, because there's something inside me Sometimes I really feel it. It's like this flame or this inner fire, this life force. Something kept me going. My mom, of course, she was my big support and she took great care of me, you know. And now I'm taking care of her when she, because she needs me to. But there's something in me that has kept me alive and has kept me going. That time of my life was so agonizing. And what's sad is that other people could have made it easier and they could have made it better and they didn't. And sometimes people can't love us the way that we need them to. And they can't be there for us the way that we need them to. And I know that. I still don't understand why my family treated me the way that they did. But I know now I did not deserve it. I realized recently also that I've been holding on to anger and resentment about it. And I know that I need to move past it and let it go. It doesn't mean reaching out to them or establishing contact with them. They've been out of my life for a really long time. My family, both sides, my mom and dads were pretty estranged. It doesn't mean they need to be part of my life. I do know that I need to let go of certain things that happened. I don't know if I'll ever forgive (laughs) everything that happened, but I know that I did not deserve how I was treated. I know that I deserved love and support and care, and I didn't get any of that. And what do you do when you don't get the love that you need? And do you search for that love in other places? And maybe I searched for that love in cinema at times. I searched for life. I searched for connection. I searched for all the things that were not in my everyday life. And that's what kept me alive. Cinema and poetry and music, paintings. And I used to, I have books of like, you know, paintings and art and photograph. I love art. I live in art. (laughs) I did deserve love and care. I deserved support. I know I did. And I didn't get it. But I survived it. And I've never become those people who hurt me. I have managed to say to stay soft and to stay tender and to be a person who tries to give love and tries to give support as much as I can to the people I'm close to and to the people I deeply care about. And I try to be kind. I try to give something positive to the world. And I was nothing to those people. I know that. I'm nothing. I'm nothing to my family. (laughs) They don't care about me at all. And they never did for some reason. And I'll never understand why they didn't love me. I know that I've been defined by that lovelessness and damaged by it. But now in my 30s, I have to just give that love to myself. And I need to find that love in 
the places and the people who want to give it to me. And I have to remember my worth and my value. I kept myself alive and I survived, but I could not have done it without film. I could not have done it without art because it reminded me that life is still worth living when I was watching those films and sitting in those theaters. And it kept me, it didn't just keep me alive, it kept me human. It kept me from hardening myself. It kept me from becoming angry and bitter and hurtful. Kept me from becoming the people who hurt me. Because I do feel like art can connect us to the emotional part of ourselves. And I think the world can try to kill that. (laughs) Can try to kill our emotions. Kill our feelings. And I think often art awakens that within us. And I think film taps into those emotions as well. And reminds us how important they are. 16 years ago, I just went through the worst experience of my life. And I was a 16-year-old girl. And I was almost completely alone. But I found solace. And I found comfort. And I found consolation in movie theaters. And I would not be who I am today without those films. And without the art of film itself, of cinema, the connection that I felt, the transcendence that I felt. I took that pain and I used it and I continue to do that. I used it to make me more human, more compassionate, more empathetic. And I've used it on this podcast. I've used it to try to connect to other people. I've used it to try to understand people. It was the worst experience of my life, but I'm still here. And I hope that anybody who's listening who might be going through a dark night of the soul or who understands what it's like to be in that place, you're still here. We're still here. That's powerful. And I feel like I am strong. I used to not think I was strong. I used to think, oh, I'm fragile and I'm weak and I let things break me and shatter me. And maybe I did. I guess I did shatter. Like I said, it was a shattering experience. It wounded me. Maybe it did break me. So what? (laughs) Parts of me are broken and will probably always be broken and wounded. But I'd rather be who I am today the way that I am with all my emotions and feelings and brokenness than somebody who has walled themselves off from any kind of feelings and who has allowed experiences to make them very angry or hurtful to other people. And I'm grateful that I turned to art. There were certainly other things I could have turned to. other substances and people who I could have turned to to get through and to survive. And instead, I chose something nourishing like cinema. I think I'm finally getting to a place in my life where I can say I'm not just surviving anymore, that I really am living. And that's what I want. I want to live. I want to feel joy. I want to have more love in my life. I want connection. I want possibility. There's so much that I still want to experience and to do. I feel like I'm going toward a place of healing, a place of wholeness. I may not 100% get there. I think we're always a work in progress and that's okay. Um, I'll always be messy. (laughs) I'm always figuring it out. But I know that I'm on such a better path in my life than I once was, despite a lot of the stuff that I've been through. And that's a good feeling. 
I do feel a sense of hope for myself. And I don't think I always felt that, to be honest with you. So I'm grateful for movies. <laughs> I'm grateful for that movie theater and the way that it helped me through that time. Helped me as I was in the underworld. And it helped me stay connected to life. And to remember that life is worth living. And that there is beauty. And there are wondrous things in this world. Despite all of the really terrible suffering and pain and loss, I think my dad would be proud of me. I think he would be proud of who I am and who I've become. I am who I am not because I lost him, but because I knew him at all. And for a really long time, all I thought about was his death and how I lost him. What I want to think about more is how grateful I am that I ever knew him and that I ever had him. His life is what created me. His life and the love that he gave to me, that's what made me who I am, not his death. But I survived it, and I'm still surviving it. I'm still living every day without him. But I was so lucky to know him. What an honor. What an honor to know such a beautiful man. Just cherish, cherish the people in your life who you have. And I'll stop here. Bye for now.